You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church Podcast. The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. How about we read the whole song? We'll put the words up there. They're also in your notes. Let's read it together. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear the angel voices, O night divine, O night when Christ was born. That song was written by a man who didn't even know Christ. Actually, a priest had gone out into his village and asked a local poet a guy who actually sold wine and spirits. He had an alcohol store. Come on. Come on, just think about it. And the priest said, hey, I need a song based on on, on Luke chapter 2, so can you write me a poem? And he did. Then he found another man who was in the community, and I quote, he was known as a hellraiser. Not that any of us would know what that is. But he wrote the music. Bum, 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 bum. And the song began to be sung, first in the Catholic Church as a part of their Christmas Mass, and then churches all around began to grab a hold of O Holy Night. And it wasn't long after that that the Catholic Church and even the Protestant churches said, we can't sing this song anymore. It was written by, and I quote, heathens. But by then the song had caught on, and it couldn't be stopped. I think that line... The weary world rejoices because of the thrill of hope actually caught the hearts of people. Uh, Long may it lay in sin and error pining. It could be today, it could be tomorrow, and if the Lord delays his return, it could be a hundred years from now. People would understand about sin and error. Pining, longing for, waiting. We don't use that word often but it's waiting in, hoping for something better to come our way. Sin and error pining. And if that wasn't enough, in 1906, Reginald Fassenden had the first ever radio broadcast on AM band. He created a generator and a transmitter and airplanes that could receive signals and Morse code signals that could be amplified through speakers, all of a sudden got to hear on their frequency these words. Oh, holy night. Oh, holy night. The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. He read the words that we just read, and then he got his violin and put it up to the microphone and played the song, Oh, Holy Night. First broadcast ever. This song has caught on to many people because the thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Oh, holy night, night when Christ was born. You ever thought about that night? Here's a young girl who the Holy Spirit has spoken to and overshadowed, and she's great with child. And her fiancé, Joseph, takes her some 80 to 120 miles on the back of a donkey. Ladies who've given birth, come on now. 
Oh, sure, honey. I, any moment now, good, let's get on the donkey and ride 120 miles to a stinky, smelly stable where there are no epidurals, <laughs> there is no Lamaze, no Boyer, no Bradley method, there is not even one little ibuprofen. And go ahead, push, push, dear, focal point. <laughs> happens to be the goat's head as he looks at you while you're giving birth in your most vulnerable positions in the world. But I think these words accurately describe our world today. It's a weary world. And uh, I was just doing a summary in my mind of 2016. Lots of people have had some speed bumps along the ways, uh, detours, things like illnesses and uh, you know, it seems like every one out of every four or five friends is going through some kind of illness or dealing with a lump here or a cancer there or a financial crisis over here. And I just heard yesterday of a dear friend of mine, you would not know him, whose wife served him with papers last week and said, we're done. And of course, he said, like many a man has done before him, I didn't see it coming. <clears throat> Where have you been, my friend? Where have you been? And that day where Christ was born, everything changed. It was like people began to respond. The shepherds in their field listened to the angels. The Magi, uh, we three kings from Orient are, tried to smoke a rubber cigar. Do you remember that song? Uh, it was loaded, it exploded. Boom, no more kings of Orient are. You never sang that? Third grade, you know, Jewish kids singing about the kings from Orient are. Wherever Orient are is, I don't know, but... We have a response. Last week I said to you, joy to the world, the Lord has come, let earth receive. Let every heart prepare him room. And then this beautiful song, which we will uh, sing Christmas Eve and also Christmas Day next week. And we do invite you to Christmas. If you can't come, you can watch online and uh, it's going to be great. And this next uh, Christmas Day, it's going to be, kids are going to be in here with us, it's going to be interactive, so if you can break away at 9.15 or 10.45 and celebrate Christmas, that will be cool, and I got to tell you, I'm so excited for Christmas Eve, because what the kids have been working on, uh, kids and some of our youth together, uh, you're going to just, you're going to love it, and there'll be fake snow at the end as you leave, projected from the roof. Oh, and speaking of snow, the last Sunday in January, we're having snow day on the parking lot. We're bringing in uh, 10 tons of snow and uh, hills for the kids, and this morning would have been a perfect day for snow day, you know. I'm sorry, I'm doing the announcements, aren't I? So let me get back to the sermon. The weary world rejoices. So here's a question for you. Is there any weary world in you that needs an encounter with a thrill of hope? Just, just process that for a second. Maybe it's your physical body, maybe it's your relationship. Maybe it's, uh, you know, a class that you're taking at school. Maybe it's a friend at school who's kind of like a bully and, you know, you don't like that. And, of course, you don't deserve that. Uh, maybe it's a job that's just mundane. You go there, you clock in, you clock out, you get your paycheck, and you're looking ahead for 25 more years so you can retire, uh, you know. Or maybe you just started your job. Bless you. You've got a long way to go. But holy night, the stars are brightly shining. God makes it obviously clear. And this man who was far away from God reads Luke 2 and just says, you know what? This is the thrill of hope. 
And even though he didn't know Christ, even though he didn't have a relationship with God, he recognizes that this is the, the thrill of hope, a new and glorious morn. So I want to take you to the Old Testament real quick. And if, quick, and if you have a Bible, you want to go to a book called Lamentations. And it might take you a little longer to find if you're not familiar with your Bible. So Lamentations chapter 3. And I want to kind of set this up for you. Jerusalem is falling apart. Uh, the walls are still up in sections, but the enemy under King Nebuchadnezzar has built a wall around their wall. In other words, the enemy is so bad, I know what we'll do. We'll just build a wall around their wall. Now, that may not mean much to you, except for the fact that if there's a wall around your wall, then you can't get out of your city. You can't get out of the situation you're in. You're stuck in sin and error, pining, longing to get out. And by the way, when you had open walls or you had gates that could open, you would take, obviously, the trash and the refuge from your city, and you would take it outside, but now you can't. Everything's stuck in the city. Uh, along with its wastewater, I'm not going to go into any details, but you couldn't let things out of the city. So now all the sewers were backing up. Good morning. And, uh, and when people died, you would take them out of your city and you would bury them out. But now everything is there. They're, they're, they're trash, they're, they're waste, and even, even their corpses. And this is the time that Jeremiah comes and he laments. Uh, lament is a fancy word for whining. And I want you to know, if anybody ever tells you that whining isn't biblical, just tell them they're wrong. There's a whole entire book called <laughs> Lamentations. He's lamenting about the problems of life. And in the first two chapters, I mean, he's just letting it rip. Life is horrible. Nebuchadnezzar's after us. Uh, the, the, the walls, I mean, we're locked in and bolted in. But something shifts for him. It's a new and glorious morn. And in your notes, for the weary to rejoice, we must move from moments of mourning to a moment of faith. And notice I didn't say moments of faith, just a moment of faith. A moment of faith can tear down the walls of mourning, a new and glorious morn. A morning where you rise up and say, I'm going to allow a moment of faith to hit my heart. I'm going to look beyond the enemy's walls. I'm going to look beyond the, the, the negative boundaries that have been placed on my life or even myself. I'm going to look beyond my past and my sin and my error, pining. And I'm going to turn to chapter 3 and verse 20. And he says, I well remember them. He's talking about how God provided for Israel. And my soul is downcast within me, the weary world. Yet this will I call to mind, and therefore I will embrace the thrill of hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. These are moments of mourning that are met with a moment of faith. For his compassions never fail. Somebody needs to know that. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And I say to myself, would you read the rest with me? The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Now, this is not somebody living in denial. 
This is not somebody covering their ears and saying, nah, 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 I don't have any problem. I don't want to hear it. I've met people like that. But this is somebody who's embracing their problems head on, saying, I know that there's a problem here, but I choose to focus on God. I choose to call this to my mind. I choose to face the facts. I choose to embrace the giants in my life. I choose to call this to mind. Romans 12 says, a renewing of your mind. And Jeremiah tells us, I will call this to my mind, and therefore, what will I do? I'm going to have hope. I love this. For he says, I am going to put this in the front thought of my mind. I am going to focus on the truth that my God is greater than anything I face, any hurt that's in my heart, any wrong that's been done to me. I am going to embrace God in my weary world, and I am going to rejoice. I am going to rejoice. Because of the Lord's great love, verse 22 and 23, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. And notice this, they are new every when, every morning. And somehow that should be M-O-R-N, but somebody after 8 o'clock said, no, I like it better that way. Because God's faithfulness I think it's a godsend typo. God's faithfulness, and I typed it, so I blame myself. God's faithfulness is new every time you mourn. Every time you grieve. I was going to run up and say, let's change that. No, no, no. The guy at first service said, don't you change that, pastor. Because when I mourn, I need that. I need to call to my mind and quicken to myself that God is faithful, and I say it to myself. So what does a new day bring? A new day in Jesus Christ, number one, brings the very things that you need. The very things that you need. Israel wanted a king to deliver them from Roman rule and to change their economy. And God didn't give them that. I am so glad that Israel did not get what they wanted. Because if they got what they wanted, we would not have a savior today. Just think about it. He's going to be a king. He's going to wipe out Roman rule. He's going to give us lots of money, change our trade embargoes. He's going to get rid of the walls around Jerusalem. Everything's going to be just fine now. And that would have been a temporal fix. And how, and how easy it is for us to want temporal fixes. We want to put band-aids on gaping holes and say we're well now. When God wants to do a deeper work in us, emotionally and physically and spiritually, and, and how quickly are you to say, well, I'm, I'm better now. Take two of these and call me in the morning if it doesn't work. But this God comes to us not in a quick fix, but he gives us everything that we need. And this God of ours provides in Jesus Christ a Savior that would be for all mankind for all time. Born to you this day is a Savior. He will be Christ the Lord. He doesn't just come to fix your finances. He comes to redeem your soul. He doesn't come to do something temporal. He comes to do something eternal. And he says in verse 24 of Lamentations 3, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. I will wait for him. Now, many of the scholars believe that he's talking about the Lord being his portion. He's reminding himself about how God provided, remember manna? Uh, manna, manicotti, and the mamma bread, and all that stuff, right? <laughs> that, that God provided for them quail and, and water from the rock and and it was a daily thing that if they tried to take yesterday's blessing and hoard it for tomorrow, that it spoiled and rotted. 
And I think it, it, just, it just parallels what Jesus said when he told us how to pray. He said, give us this day. It's a daily thing where we go to God every day and we seek this day and we ask God to bless us this day and to guide us this day and to provide for us. In other words, he's trying to always bring us back to, you don't come to church on Sunday and say, Lord, give us this week, our weekly stuff, but that we would go every morning and, and calibrate our hearts to be needy people, beggars looking for bread from the living bread and, and thirsty souls looking for water from the living water. And he says, I'm calling my, my wandering mind, says Jeremiah. And I'm saying to myself, the Lord is my daily portion. He's exactly what I need. I don't know if Christ is going to come back before January 1. I have no idea. He could. This would be cool. Actually, if he comes right before Christmas morning, then people left behind will get all your presents. <laughs> and that could be cool too. But I do know this, that he's already been in 2017, if it's going to happen. He already knows about your struggles. He knows about your marriage. He knows about your school. He knows about the class you hope you get to be in next year. He knows about your athletic prowess, that you want to do certain things with your life in music or swimming or tennis or basketball or football. He, he knows he knows your needs, your desires. He's got it all figured out. And he knows if your marriage is struggling, and he knows if you're depressed, and he knows if you're discouraged, and he knows if you've been bad or good. He knows. I, I shared with a couple friends recently that a, a lesson I've learned that when you focus so much on, on what's right in front of you, you cannot receive the extra grace of God for your pain. Now, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a therapist, I'm just a guy who's done 60 years of life and, and seen lots of people and heard lots of stuff and walked through lots of problems with people and lots of pain, more than sometimes any one human being can bear. But you just, that's just part of what you do. And here's what I, what I said to a group that was, was talking about their issues. I said, when you, when you focus so much on your issues and you constantly rehearse your problems, your receptor of God's extra grace during that painful season cannot be open because everything's about this and everything's about now and everything's about how dark it is and everything's about the weary world, but you don't get to the next word. Re rejoice. And I would like to take lots of Christians like worldwide and just say, hey, I've got, if I've got 30 seconds with you. Here's my 30 seconds. Rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. The Lord has come to you, O Israel. The weary world rejoices, O holy night. And some people say, yeah, O holy night. Yeah, O holy night. You know? Things aren't going my way. Things, I wish things were better. I, it, I, I wish we didn't have that prognosis. And he comes to the world, and even this heathen man who wrote the words understood Sin and error pining. That sin is deliberately breaking a command and error is doing wrong even when you try to do something else like Romans 7 where Paul says, what I try to do, I can't do. But I have a good word for you. You stay in Lamentations, but I, I got to take you to Ephesians 2, 4, and 5. It says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is what? Rich in what? Oh, listen, if you can't rejoice, 
Read this again this week. I mean, along with your Advent reading that we gave you and preparing for Christmas and, and you know, memorizing the verses that we gave you on the Advent card, all, all that's great, but, but this might be a good verse for some of you just to keep handy. He is rich in mercy and he made us alive with Christ even when we were... It is by grace you have been saved. This is a verse that we could call the Christmas story. Oh, there were shepherds in their field, and Charlie Brown's going to come out with this little tree with no... No, 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 it, it, This is it. God was rich in mercy, and he looked down, and that's why the writer wrote, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. You cannot look in the eyes of the God who loves us with an everlasting love, who is faithful every day, whose mercies are new every morning, and feel worthless. Let me say it again. You cannot look into the eyes of the God who said, for I so love this world that I gave my son for you, and then walk away and say, I feel worthless. You cannot look in the manger and see the baby Jesus who left his throne in heaven and became God in flesh to dwell among us so he could die on a cross to shed his blood to give us life. And I'm not trying to be an evangelist, but I just get excited about this stuff. Because someday it's going to matter more than who wins the NFL and who gets a Super Bowl ring. And someday when we stand before the Lord, this verse is really going to matter. I'm looking in the heart and the face of the God who's rich in mercy that allows me to stand here. I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to go to heaven. I don't deserve his grace. I don't deserve his forgiveness. When I was dead in my transgressions, by his grace, he saved my soul. If I was a preacher, I'd preach right now. He saved my soul. You know, come on. What, I mean, just, you know, I'd get hurt if I try to go there. But, but that's when you feel your worth. When you turn off the world for a moment and you, and you worship in the presence of God and you read the words and it comes from there to here and then to now and, and it changes your soul, that's when you recognize, I have a God who thinks I'm valuable. I have a God who cares more about me than I care about myself. I have a God who loves me with an everlasting love. That's how come I feel my worth. God has come to us. The second thing is that we have the hope to move forward. It's the thrill of hope to the weary world. Now, I don't have time uh, to tell you about the situation of the world when Jesus came, except to say there was utter oppression, the economy was flat, People were overtaxed. I mean, they were overtaxed. The divorce rate was high. And there was this little group called, um, there was this Latin name for them called Little Swords. They had shanks under their robes. And if you were a sympathetic to the Romans, they would come in a crowd and say, hey, hey, boom, boom. And they'd shank you and kill you and they'd walk away. People wondered if they were going to be the next one to be shanked. This was the world that Jesus came into. And the best that the world had to offer him, the best that the world had to offer him was a stable. And people were weary from the civilization they were living in. And Jesus came to the weary world. And the writer Jeremiah says in verse 25 of Lamentations 3, the Lord is good to those who what? Whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him. This word seek simply means you're desperate for God. It's not like, well, yeah, I just went to a Christian concert, woo, and then I went home. 
I, I read my Bible verse, closed my Bible, done. And, and all that's good. Don't get me wrong. Or I went to a church service or I came to Christmas Eve. And by the way, it's going to be awesome. Don't miss it. If you miss it, watch it online. Okay, got it. Another announcement. But it's just, God, I'm desperate for you. I'm just desperate for you. It's where you stop everything and all your running and, and all you're trying to do. And you say, my hope is in him. Uh, they tell us we can go 40 days without food. We can go about eight days without water. We can go about four to five minutes without oxygen. But we cannot go very long without hope. Because then everything gets dark. And everything is depressing. That's why the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 10, verse 23, that we hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. And, and, and when I think about my own life, this might not apply to you, but, but I have to make sure I take the hope that I profess, the things I say here, and overlay them over my daily life. You give advice to somebody and say, well, just trust in the Lord with all your heart, and then you go away and don't. You've never been there, right? It'll all be okay, brother. Sister, God works all things together for good. Just have faith. And then you go away and you don't. So, so here's what the writer is saying. You hold unswervingly to the hope that you declare. You say that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and, and that Christ in you is the hope of glory, so then you better live like it. Good morning. He, he promised that, that he's faithful. And his faithfulness is new and fresh every morning in sin and error pining. In other words, they were stuck. And that's why we need to let go of our fear. We need to let go of our anxiety. We need to let go of our hurts, our habits, our hangups, our stressors, our panic. We need to let go of our doubt. And we need to hold on to the hope that we profess. We need to hang on to the promises of God and don't let go. Don't ever lose hope in what the new day of Christ can bring. I can't tell you when this happened. I can't tell you who it happened to, and I can't tell you where it happened. But now let me tell you the story. <laughs> he had tried to commit suicide. It was dark. His world was weary. And his suicide attempt failed. Now he's more frustrated. He'd already written a suicide note. He'd already blackened all the windows in his room. And he put blankets up over the doorway so there'd be no light allowed in. And so he took a bunch of medication, I can't tell you what kind, and, and he drifted off in his hopes to die. Well, the next morning came, and all of a sudden, one little crack, one little comforter that he had over a window allowed a ray of sunlight to hit his nose. And kind of in a fog, he gets up, and he goes to the crack, and he looks at the light, and rather than being depressed and discouraged about the light coming in, he ripped off the comforter he had taped up with duct tape to his window, and he let the warmth of the sun just hit his face. And he opened the window and he busted out the screen and he put his upper body, his upper torso out the window and he just let the sun hit him. And while he's allowing that to happen, the birds are chirping. And he's hearing vehicles in the distance going by on the roadway. 
and he recognizes a new and glorious morn. And he said to me, what do you make of this? Now, I know many Christians would say, well, God has a purpose for your life, and you're going to be a missionary to Ethiopia now. And, you know, we all have this stuff that we'd like to say to him. And I said, don't you ever forget that morning and replay it every morning. You get up and you put your face out in the sun and you let the sun warm your face and you rejoice in the chirping of the birds every morning. And you look up to heaven and you say, God, you've given me this day. This is the day you made. And I will rejoice. I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah, but I've got stuff. So does he. Two times in the night, in the darkness, failed suicide attempts. Several years has passed now. And every morning, he gets up and says, Oh God, thank you for the warmth of the sun. Thank you for a new and glorious morn. Let me not take today for granted. Let me not be so overwhelmed with the darkness that I forget to receive your abundant, amazing, incredible grace. For we have this hope, Hebrews 6, 19 says, as an anchor for our soul. In other words, when the storms toss, when the weary world gets wearier, we can say, but, but even in the midst of that, I have an anchor for my soul. And guess what it is? It is secure and it is firm and it is solid and it is real. As the thrill of hope comes, the weariness in your soul can rejoice. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Colossians 1.27 says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. Somebody said, where am I going to find hope? Well, it looks like you look inside yourself where Christ lives. Excuse me. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> the hope of glory. And you recognize that he's with you. And a new day with Christ, number three, brings the help that you're looking for. He says in Lamentations 3.26, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord, whatever it is that we need. So in the case of my friend, one day changed everything. In the case of Lazarus, one day where Jesus said, come forth, changed everything. In the case of the woman with the issue of blood, she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, one, one day changed everything. The man who was lame for 38 years, Jesus said, go and, and bathe yourself in the pool, one day changed everything. And for you, if you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and allowed him by your faith to come into your life and to forgive your sins, then guess what? You, you, you had a day that changed everything. And there are some people watching online or or maybe in our cafe, or maybe right here in this room, you've never, ever, ever said, Jesus Christ, forgive my sins, be, be my Lord. Today could be that day. And then maybe you've done that, and, and, and darkness has, has crept in, and you're wondering if that day would come for you. I, I believe today could be that day. The promise when you are in the weary world that there is a thrill of hope and a new and glorious morning that is coming for you. And it's not just hype, it really is hope because God has the ability to, to change things. When he came to this earth, he changed everything. His arrival changed everything. 
And some of you right now, you're in the nighttime. I've been there. You're in the darkness of night. And uh, in the holy night, there was screaming. Because I, I got to tell you, I, I've never heard of a woman who gave birth who didn't scream. Mary is screaming. The cattle are lowing. I don't even know what lowing is. <laughs> the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. That's a lie. All babies cry. It's actually a sign of health when they <gasps> take their first breath and that doctor says, they're crying. Mamas are hearing that baby cry the first time. When Jesus was born, he was born to give us hope right in the middle of, of the night. And for somebody, this verse may apply before we, we pray and, and uh, our prayer team will be available at the end of the service under the cross if you need prayer. And I know some of you do. But Romans 13, 11, and 12 says, the hour has come for you to wake up, those who slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. I know the context of this verse, but I also believe that we could take it to mean today that God has something more for us. He's not done with us. And as we get ready to go into 2017 to stop and say, God, I want to commit myself afresh to you and all that you have for me and to believe in you like, like never before. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear, dear God, we just thank you today for Jesus. And maybe you need to, to make a declaration to him today to say, Lord, I need you to be my savior. A lot of people around Christmas time, their, their hearts are a little bit more open Christmas, but, uh, but Lord, I, I don't want to just do a Christmas thing. I, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. I want to follow after you. I want to live with you and for you. I want to give you glory. They say glory to God in the highest, but I want my life to give you glory. I want you to, to look at my life and I want you to smile because of how I live and, and how I speak and how I act and how I love and serve others. I want you to receive worship from who I am, how I live. That the very things that touch your heart would touch my heart. The very things that break your heart would break my heart. That Lord, in these days ahead, that I would live for you. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, I just encourage you right now. Say, forgive my sins. I believe you died on a cross. I believe you rose again. I want you to be my Lord and live inside of me. Man, I know there's some of you, you've allowed things from this year to accumulate in your soul. You, you'll need not just a second now, but you'll need some days ahead. Just call upon him. Be quiet, to be still, and wait on the salvation of God that he will bring to you. And for some of you, you, you need to repent for things you've done. You might need to ask people for forgiveness. You get ready to start a brand new year. Take care of business with relationships. But in all of it, I pray you don't miss the hope that is ours in Jesus. Because he loves us with an everlasting love. That he's faithful. That he's true. Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com.